Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University. The college football conference playoffs are approaching, and the NFL playoff picture is becoming clear. What a wild season it has been to this point. As always, uh, Bet Online is your number one spot for all NFL and college football action this fall. With a new website and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your phone to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Episode 61 of the podcast welcomes coach Dylan Torgerson, founder of Torgerson Kicking and Punting. Dylan, it is an honor to have you on the show. How you doing, brother? Doing good. Uh, thank you. Thank you, son, for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk to all the audience out there about what we do up here in Montana and um, how I can help you guys in the future. I was just talking to Coach Torgerson before the show and one of my favorite things about this show is I try and bring guests on who I don't know too well or who I don't know at all, but there is a common uh, connection with special teams. Um, and it's just fascinating. Uh, and I'm excited for the Montana crowd of specialist fans to, to hear this as I know that you're well connected up there and I've never even been to Montana. Uh, I've seen pictures. It's beautiful. I know there's like a stigma with, it, you know, it's just always covered in snow, but obviously that's not true. We have seasons and uh, I'd like to come visit you, preferably not in like January, February, but um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to do a camp with you uh, perhaps <laughs> maybe in the spring or summer. Florida boys don't don't travel well up there, I've heard. Um, so yeah. getting into it, man, I just uh, I want to tell a brief story. You committed to uh, Mayville State University in 2013, and as a true freshman, you were uh, named the starting kicker and punter. 
you also led the conference in gross punting average in that freshman year. That's pretty awesome that you took on the role of a combo specialist and you were an all-conference performer in one of those skill sets. So obviously in 2014, you know, you transferred out. Uh, you were probably marketable. You probably wanted to get closer to home. Uh, you transferred to Carroll College. And uh, at Carroll, you were a three-year starting punter. Uh, and then finally, in the senior year, you uh, you won that kicking battle too to uh, – to earn that combo status back. So you kind of came into college and left as a comp combo specialist. And for those who aren't aware at the college level, it is, it is extremely, extremely rare to do both at any level um, because it's hard. It's hard to be a master of two different crafts, uh, find two different swing planes and prevent injury and not overdo it. These things are very difficult to balance for an 18, 19, 20 year old kid. So I commend you on that. I'd like you to share a little more about your recruiting experience in high school, you know, especially in making the decision to play for Mayville State initially out of high school and ultimately when you were transferring to Carroll College, your sophomore year in college. Yeah. Um, so I guess for those of you who don't know, uh, Mayville State is in Mayville, North Dakota. It's about an hour north of Fargo uh, over there in eastern North Dakota. So a little background on where that's at. Um, my high school team, I'm from Kalispell, Montana. Originally, I played at Flathead High School. Uh, we didn't have a ton of success. Uh, and back then, I was primarily a kicker. I kind of punted just because we didn't have really another option at that time. Um, and so I didn't get a lot of opportunities. Uh, I think I kicked maybe 50 or 60 PATs in three years as a starter, uh, maybe four or five field goals. Um, so recruiting, I didn't get a ton of attention. So I was really, I made a huge commitment to be proactive in recruiting. Um, and I preach that to the guys that I work with now. Um, I hear guys, I've played with guys who kind of relied on our coach to do most of their recruiting. And, uh, I think that's very incorrect. I mean, your coach can certainly help out, but that's not his entire job is to get you, uh, to that college level. Our coach did a ton. He brought in coaches for us to visit with, but, in the end, you're, this college coach is making investment in you. Um, and I think guys kind of misunderstand that, that they want to talk to you. They want to know what kind of guy you are. They want to know what kind of locker room influence you're going to bring to the team. They want to know um, if you're going to be the guy that's going to help take their special teams to the next level. Uh, they want to hear that directly from you. So, I mean, the more you can be proactive and reach out yourself and let coaches get to know you personally, um, and basically put their, put your film in their lap, um, instead of waiting for them to come get you, uh, the more opportunities you're going to get. So I, I really preach being proactive in recruiting to all the guys I work with for that reason. Um, and then, I mean, I had played my freshman year at Mayville, had a decent year. Then, like you said, I really wanted to get closer to home. Uh, and I just happened to read an article, uh, uh, Carroll College had just gotten their men's soccer team at that time. Uh, so they had a couple kickers actually move from the football team over to the soccer team. Uh, and so they were in a need and they, uh, there's an article in the paper about how they were lo literally looking for kickers. Um, and so I uh, sent an email to coach Van Beast over there and he got back to me the next day, uh, talked to him on the phone. He actually offered me uh, scholarship money over the phone. Um, and then after that, I was like, you know what, this is, this is where I want to be. Um, and Carroll has an outstanding reputation for ac academics and football in the state of Montana and the region. So, I mean, that was always kind of a place that I had my eye on coming out of high school. I just didn't get the opportunity right away, but thankful I did a little bit later on. 
I love what you said about being proactive. Uh, there's another way of saying it. I think that we can also say it's like being accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to blame your head coach in high school for your lack of recruitment. It's also easy to blame your maybe your private coach or or the camp and combine instructor that you go to for your for your star ranking or right. your parents for that matter. But in the end. That is your job off the field. We can only kick and punt so much, right? Um, we have a lot of time. I know that time has to be allocated for sleep. We've got to do eight or nine hours of that. We've got to go to school for seven and a half hours. We've got, maybe we have soccer now if we're transitioning to, to another right. season. But, but if you want to go to college to kick or punt, we also then have to prioritize. Mm-hmm. And and the priorities need to be school first. Well, sleep, school, family, all the <laughs> all, all all the essentials. But uh, the supplementary things, the things that we choose to do, extracurriculars are called. Oftentimes, I think that the 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 recruiting for oneself, promotion of oneself, right? Like on Twitter, I'll give you a good example. Yesterday, I was talking to one of my college transfer kids, and he didn't have his huddle on his Twitter profile. Oh, and. I had a college coach email me and say, I need X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to name names. I need his stuff. So I had to then take time out of my day to be the middleman when the college coach could have easily clicked on that person's profile right. and seen a scene conveniently placed film. So if you're listening to this show, be proactive and be accountable, right? This is, this is all on you in the end because you're going to be the one that's mad about it the longest if it doesn't happen. Um, so I know, I know I said it a little bit harsher than you, but I think that what we're saying is, is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but use these resources. Yes. Almost annoy your coaches and your parents and your private coaches and these people, you know, like make it known that you are refining your, your rough draft of this, or you have submitted an application to that because yes, I say it on time, all the time on the show that squeaky wheels get the grease, right? Uh, they do. So don't be annoying. Don't, don't hinder someone else's day, but I think you should be mindful that it is all on you. And I I think you were accountable. So I'll go into the next question I have for you is you led the NAI. I noticed that it's been some research on you. You led the NAI in net punting average in 2016 and you were fifth in the NAI in field goal percentage in your senior season. Um, As a coach, I encourage specialists to focus on primary positions uh, usually we we choose between kicking and punting uh, senior year, but to ensure that they are also spending time developing the weaker of the two. So if you are going to in fact be a field goal specialist in college, I still think you have time uh, to punt just to make sure you still have that skill set in case something happens. So there's nothing more valuable to a college coach than a versatile specialist. Can you elaborate on this? Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with what you said. Uh, I think, I think guys nowadays are pretty good. At least the the guys I work with up here are pretty good about um, they know kind of what their primary specialty is. Most of the time it ends up being kicking. Uh, But I always give them a a scenario when they are contemplating whether they want to punt or not, or learn how to punt or not. And basically it's this, if they end up playing college football and they're competing for a roster spot or a travel spot, and they're competing with another guy and they're pretty evenly matched and one kid can punt and the other kid can't, who's that roster spot going to go to? I mean, it's going to be the guy who can do both. If something happens to their punter who can step in and do that job. So I tell that, I tell that to guys all the time. And 
they, I tell them that, I mean, the more valuable you can make yourself, more opportunities you're going to earn. I mean, exactly like what I talked about, you're going to earn that travel spot if you have the ability to do both over somebody else who can't. So I definitely encourage, like you said, learning the other discipline and it can be the other way too. I mean, same thing with a punter. If you can kick off or kick field goals at a, at a level that can service in a game, you're going to earn more opportunities than somebody who can't. So, I mean, definitely learning to handle that other discipline, um, taking time to practice it, um, reaching out to your private coach about learning how to do it. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely the way to go for sure. It's a good point you made. Most kickers can, can find a way to punt. I'm not saying that it always works out too well, but it's harder, I think, for true pure punters to pick up a field goal uh, technique, right? We, and I can't really explain why. I'm just talking about trends over the years. That really hasn't changed much. But what I really like, and you see it in the NFL all the time, if you're 6'4 and 220 and you're a natural punter, you can probably find a way to kick off at least. Mm-hmm. And if you can find a way to kick off or start developing that skill set your senior year in high school, even, which is kind of late, but if you play on Sundays, you have five years to develop that kickoff skill set too. Right. And that's money. You know, that's value. Um, That gets you the college offer. It may get you a lot more money one day, but back to the proactivity, right? You, you have time, right. And, And you have to maximize your resources and you have to be versatile. And, 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 and that's hard to do, right? It takes, takes a lot more work, but it can happen. Um, want to talk about after, you know, college, after your playing career, you served as an assistant coach at your alma mater, Carroll College. Uh, you work with the kickers, punters, snappers. And I, um, I want to know how your perception changed, uh, especially uh, how you saw special teams once making the transition from player to coach. Yeah, so... I mean, it changes your perspective, obviously, because when you're playing, you're just focusing on your one out of 11 that you can that you can control. Right. Uh, Then obviously, when you move to a coach, then you're focusing on 11 out of 11. It's a little bit. I mean, it's a different situation. So, uh, I mean, fortunately, when I was there, we had a coach, a head coach who really focused on special teams. So we had multiple periods that we could focus on blocking responsibilities, coverage lanes. Um, and then obviously the responsibilities of the punter and the snapper in a, our, our scheme was a directional scheme. So explain to them where they should be putting the ball, what landmarks they should be looking for um, and how to make it difficult for, for the returner back there. So it really gave me some great insight into areas that I didn't really examine closely as a player, right? Cause when you're internal, you don't think about all these external things. You focus, I mean, those guys are doing their job and I got to do mine. So as a player, you don't really get that advantage, but as a coach, you really get to experience all of it. So um, I really enjoyed helping out with special teams and it helped me uh, into my career as a, a private specialist coach too, because now I can discuss guys with guys, um, their schemes and how they can better their team for in a game situation. So um, I mean, obviously, like if it seems uh, high school kids punting directional, we can talk about um, where their coverage team's going to go or where they're going to flow and where they need to put the ball to make it effective. Um, I mean, another example is a few weeks ago, I worked with uh, a high school kid up here in Montana. They were getting ready for their playoff game and it was going to be windy as heck. So they uh, were really preparing to squib all game. 
And so we worked on, we basically laid out their opposing coverage on the field with cones. And I, and we mapped out where his lanes were going to be for squib kicks and how we could get the still gain field position back while keeping the ball low. So it wouldn't get affected by the wind um, and the different things he could do there. So, and it made a huge difference. He got talked about in the newspaper the next day about how effective his kickoffs were in the wind. Cause the other guy was getting them held up in the wind and he was effectively laying it on the ground and getting it through. Cause we talked about where his, the opposing coverage was. So getting that experience in special teams really helped me be able to do that. And it, like I said, it helps me in my career as a specialist coach too. I want to keep going with that thought and say this. I just, I love the kids who are involved in the plan, even in high school. And what I mean by that, they, they go under their special teams coach's office in high school, who might be the math teacher, whoever he is uh, at Cardinal Gibbons. It is the weightlifting uh, coach, right? He's a PE coach, whatever you want to call him down in Fort Lauderdale. And they're a really good program. And I just, I thought of him for a reason. His specialists go to see him in his office in the PE locker room, sometimes 30 minutes for one day, maybe 15. If it's an, you know, it, what it is, is it's a relationship. And each week, these kids by Friday know the plan so well that they can then go out and practice each day and talk about, and there's a purpose, right? There, we're going to go out there. Uh, today is going to be a kickoff emphasis, like you mentioned. Tomorrow, tomorrow, it might be field goal. Right. They attack our left side real well. Let's adjust the spot a little to the right guard. You know, these things can only be done if there's a relationship built with the player and the coach. And what I'm getting at is I think that as we increase in level from college to the NFL, these relationships are much closer. Uh, It's drastic difference between a high school coach and player relationship in terms of specialists and a college coach and a college specialist because they have to know the purpose. They have to have a plan in place during the week. So there's execution on Saturdays, right? Um, So what you said is very, very true. And instead of you doing it, it could very well be him going to his coach and saying, hey, coach, can you show me their kick receive? And where do you want these pockets or lanes or whatever, whatever his dialogue is? But I don't think that's done enough. And I think that that would build a bridge uh, to, to progress, to, to more effective kickers, punters, stoppers in high school if they, if they knew what was going on, right? And um, that can right. be done, right? That's a feasible thing. <laughs> Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find and at a light price of $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in a blush pink and a beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift that they'll never want to take off, and priced so they won't have to. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. Now back to the show. In 2019, you founded Torgerson Kicking and Punting. Can you share a little more about what you and the TKP staff are up to in Northwest U.S.? Yeah, so we have uh, myself and our snapping coach, Paul Helfrich, who is a four-year starter at Montana Western. Um, We're up here in Montana. He's in Butte. Uh, I'm up in Helena. And then I have an associate uh, kicking and punting coach, Tristan Bailey, who played at Montana State. Um, He's down in Colorado. 
Uh, so we have a few different areas that we train in um, and we offer individual small group and virtual training all year round. Uh, as long as the weather permits, we can go on the field. Uh, like you talked about, uh, those January, February months get a little rough <laughs> up here in the Northwest, but, um, but yeah, we're, we try to do it all year round as much as we can. Um, just a quick thing uh, here next summer, we're planning uh, a recruiting showcase camp um, that's going to be open to all uncommitted high school athletes, uh, really kind of targeting the Northwest, but anyone's out, uh, open to come. Um, but it's basically just going to give guys another opportunity to earn their opportunity. So we're allowing college coaches to actually be present. So, cause I, we, we helped coach spe the specialist camp at Montana state last summer. And I thought about what I could do to help the other colleges in Montana get that same opportunity because they don't currently have those specialist camps. So I thought of just developing one big one and inviting all those other colleges in the state of Montana um, and even into Idaho uh, to come and watch these guys perform. And I, I've reached out to specialist coaches that I know of here in the state and they, they say, Hey, it's, I mean, we don't always get the opportunity to see these guys perform in person. I mean, we see their film, but we don't get to see them kick in person all the time. So it's a great opportunity for them as well to get to see these guys perform and see what they can do under pressure. Um, we're going to put them through charting uh, competition. We're going to put them through live operation and game style situations to really give the coaches a great impression of how these guys are going to perform. So we're really excited about that for, for next summer, still working on planning out the logistics and everything, but that's in the works for next summer, for sure. This is beautiful, right? It's, this is what I want to hear. I want to hear every state because there's still several that um, kids have to leave the state to really find some proper instruction in kicking, punting, snapping, uh, exposure, all the things that are relatable to getting them where they want to go. And uh, it's just nice to hear that you're able to cover a region that is in probably more need than most. Uh, so I want to thank you first for that. And, and next, just for giving those kids the opportunity to kick in front of coaches uh, in the future, because I will say that the feedback that I get is that I don't think a coach anymore at a division one school will, will sign a guy unless they have in fact seen him in person. The good news is this, uh, it's not, it's not the most expensive method of doing this thing, right? I mean, these kicking camps you go to for a star in ranking are upwards of four to $500, right? Whereas I've talked about in the show before, I think Florida State's kicking camp, when they were actively looking last time I went to go evaluate was $65, $65 to, if I have a good day and do what it is, I say, I train that I'm doing and, and execute and I may get a scholarship out of a $65 investment. Yep. I don't know if there's a better one and even better news. I think the most expensive one I've seen in recent memory for kickers to go in a summer is like mid one fifties. And I know that sounds like a lot, but next to $500 ticket value where zero college coaches will be there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to really have to say much more than that, right. but um, I want to move on to uh, specialists and how we're labeled. We are oftentimes heroes or zeros, right? And there's really no, there's no in between. You never really hear a commentator say, Oh, he had an okay day. No, they really don't care about okay days. They they really remember the brightest of your moments or the worst of your moments because they really aren't interested in what it is you do. They don't want to dive much deeper than when was the last time you won a game? So how do you prepare your students for not only this, 
right? Laziness of like what it is we do and how hard it is, right? By the fan bases, by, by college coaches and high school coaches sometimes, unfortunately. Um, how do you prepare your students in high school for what it is they have to deal with soon in terms of the mental side of, of kicking and punting in front of thousands of people? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of go back to a quote sometimes from our college coach. Um, he told us after a tough loss, I mean, it's obviously for a situation where a kid didn't perform to what he wanted. Uh, but he always told us after a tough loss, whatever you do on the field will not define you as a person, a man, a brother, or a son. I mean, it's a football, maybe a, a big part of your life, but it's not all of it. I mean, you can do just because you have a rough day one day doesn't mean that's going to define you for the rest of your career or the rest of your life. I think realizing that and then the fact that, I mean, football's the game. I mean, it's the greatest game in the entire world, but it's just a game. I mean, it's, and again, it goes back to it's not going to define who you are as a person. So I explain that to kids and it kind of takes pressure off the situation, whatever they could encounter. And I also like to stress preparation. We talked about it a little bit, um, being a part of the game plan. Um, but even more than that, changing the way you practice. I mean, I talk to guys about how they practice all the time because I think not everybody practices as effectively as they could be. And I like to have guys implement game style situations into their practice. So that way, when they get into a game, they've been there before. They know what changes to make, what adjustments to make, and how to execute their plan for what they've prepared for in practice. So I, I really stress implementing situations like that so you can get in the mindset of, I'm in a game, even though I'm in practice. Um, and they can, and it takes the nerve, it helps them uh, decrease the nerves for when they're in a game. Um, and then, like you mentioned earlier, film study. I mean, having a plan for how you're going to go against your competition, uh, watching the returners, seeing the opposing coverage, um, and developing a plan for how you're going to execute on game day in practice. I think all of those things um, really help you uh, decrease your nerves and execute more effectively on game day. I like what you said. Uh, and I think all of those things should be addressed. I also think that we're not, we're not really a hundred percent sure how to handle the mind, right? I don't know if we ever will be. Uh, this is a com this is a very complex thing of this brain of ours. Um, and I think that it's foolish to think that it's, uh, it's a quote. And I like the quote. It says, you know, failure, often is a result of fear, right? And fear is a byproduct of being unprepared. And I, mm -hmm. I do agree with that. But I think that there are certain people in this world that, that are, are prepared. They're, they watch their film. They do their drills. They, they, they're, they're, they're a weight room warrior, right? They're, they're a practice all-American. But, but when you turn the lights on, there's something that's going on that there's a glitch in the system, something mentally is hindering their performance, even if they've done everything yep. well in the things that you mentioned. So what I'm getting at is yep. there's things I'm learning about how positively breathing can affect this whole situation, mm -hmm. right? Most kickers, especially college kickers, and I watch for it now, will get over the spot, tap their holder on the head and hold their air from then on. They'll hold their air on their walkbacks. They'll hold their breath still on their sidesteps. They might let it go. Some don't. All you're doing is you're increasing your your heart rate subconsciously, right? Which is then adding on that subconscious pressure. And there may be some negative self-talk. What do you say to yourself when you enter the field? 
What are you saying to yourself those two minutes before you know you're about to be called on to win a game? Uh, I don't know if kids really acknowledge how important these things are. And it should never be different, right? And these things should be rehearsed, right, religiously Monday through Thursday, whenever game day is. Uh, but in practice, you should practice how you enter a field for a game winner. Visualization is super important. Tiger Woods said that he, this is fascinating. Tiger would play a practice run on Wednesday, final practice round for a Thursday, right? And Wednesday afternoons, he always found time to visualize for about an, visualize for about an hour the course. He said, I, I'd played the course by Wednesday so much that I was fully prepared physically Right. But mentally, what I did is kind of like my final exam is to put myself in optimal positions at every stage of every hole. Right. And I'd mix up wind conditions throughout the mental round. That to me is why he was the best in the world for an extended period of time. Mm. And I think that, like we talked about in pre recording, I think kickers can learn a lot from pitchers and golfers. These people's minds, are of the utmost importance. The, the physical side of these things are going to be reactionary because we've already fully prepared for these things, hopefully. Um, I, I know I went off on a tangent, but I think it's very important to talk about the mind. And I want to talk to you now, in addition to that, having a strong mind, which we talked at length, what are a few other characteristics that you believe to be essential for specialists in high school to possess, to have already before coming into college? Yeah. So I think, uh, first off would be being devoted. Um, I think being devoted to your craft and understanding the role you're going to play at the next level, even if you didn't understand it in high school, um, and then being devoted to your team and whatever you can do to make them be successful. Um, I mean, as a specialist, you play a role on a team, just like the quarterback does and understanding what that is and how you can make a difference is super important. Um, and then on top of that, I think being a strong and effective leader is really important for specialists. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that. And I don't mean that necessarily being the big, like, rah-rah, like, got to get the team fired up, linebacker type, like we talked about, but being the leader of your unit. Um, we talked about in pre-recording that, I mean, specialists are, they're the face of special teams. I mean, we don't, I mean, they don't always realize that necessarily, but they are. I mean, when you think special teams, you think the kicker and the punter. I mean, that's, that's just where your mind goes. Um, I mean, you hear the term fourth down QB, the guys throw out there, but I mean, it's true. I mean, you need to be in control of your unit out there um, and uh, emphasizing the guys how important their roles are to help you. I mean, you're, you need to, I mean, one missed block on a PAT could result in a block kick and three points or one point off the board. Uh, bad hold could do the same thing. Um and it's the same thing on a punt and this block could result in a blocked punt and loss of huge field position. Um, so, I mean, stressing the importance of what your guys can do around you and being a leader and enforcing that upon them is going to make a huge difference with your special teams on game day. So I think, and obviously being a leader of yourself too, um, making sure you're doing all the things right yourself, um, a strong practice routine, um, getting prepared for game day, um, taking care of things in the weight room, taking care of things in the classroom. I mean, doing all those things right yourself and then push others to do the same thing. I mean, specialists can have the same impact as a quarterback that we talked about. They just need to realize it. So, um, so yeah, I definitely think being a strong and effective leader can definitely help a specialist make a difference. To add to your points, uh, 
I've been around a lot of really good college specialists and, and, and high school specialists, but the ones that, and there are ones who brag about this. Oh, my coach, you know, he lets me go after the first 30 minutes, we get all our, our kicks in or some guys are like, well, yeah, we'll do a period in the beginning of practice in the middle. And after that middle one, he lets me dip out. And I know that's usually a high school term, but the college, the college verbiage is, yeah, he'll let me just go inside. And then, you know, I'll, I'll stay for a half an hour in the locker room and then I'll slide out. Right. You <laughs> kind of slowly leave the facility, <laughs> make sure you're not needed anywhere. But my 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 point is the ones and I've there's been about a dozen now that I've worked with that have played on Sundays. Not one of them has ever said, well, yeah, they'll say, hey, um, my last kicking period is typically in the middle of practice. But then I go and get some shorts on. I go and do something in the weight room or, or I'll go walk around and I'll, I'll wait for my holder where I can get five minutes with them. Right. I'm not leaving the facility. I'm not going home. Right. It, it, that's not being a leader. First of right. all, that's not being a face of anything. Right. Your face, your face isn't on the facility. It's not there. Uh, so it it's, it's relatable. And I think that it's until it, it doesn't hold true. I'm going to be a firm believer that, I almost write off kids like that. If they're young with that mindset, I don't think they're going to make it. Yep. You know, I don't think their team will accept them. They'll never respect them. Could you imagine if the team was well aware of the situation and then you lost the game on Saturday for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think about this. Yeah, that would be right. I mean, yeah. the, you have to earn your respect and trust and loyalty and, and love from your team and the coach, just like they do. Um, we should not be different. And, and I like, I love what you said. Thank you. So uh, I want to thank you, Dylan, for, you know, joining us today. And I always end the show with asking you to share with the audience a few ways they could reach you or just follow you if they would like. Yeah. So um, my Twitter is uh, at Torgerson KP. Uh, and then I also have an Instagram Torgerson kicking underscore punting. Uh, you can also check out our website for more information to Torgerson kicking punting.com. Um, that has all of our uh, emails and phone numbers as well for me and my staff coaches too, if you want to reach out to any of us in the future. Appreciate you. Uh, it means a lot to everyone at Fourth Down Focus that Dylan Torgerson was able to share information that can and will benefit performance both on and off the field. Please give Fourth Down Focus a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. If you have questions related to the podcast or suggestions for future topics and guests, or if you just have feedback from me, you can reach me in several ways. My website is fourthdownu.com, and my Instagram and Twitter is at fourthdownu. That's at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. On Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by simply searching Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented by Bets Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is treating each of you well, and remember, in all things... Yeah, thanks. Shut up and sit down. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.